Oh, what a joy to uh, celebrate in such a beautiful way today, in so many different ways, in, in the worship, in, in our hula, and then in welcoming new members in our church. And, and uh, today I get the great privilege to bring a word to you from our Lord. Our, our, our message today is called Our Ohana, as we celebrate Ohana Sunday. And so I welcome you to Mission Church today. And uh, mahalo for being a part of our ohana today. Again, I'm going to remind you, please stay for lunch afterwards. We have plenty of food. And uh, if you weren't prepared to, uh, to bring $5, then come as my guest, okay? And Rochelle will pay for it. And so we're, we're going to be just fine. Um, we have shave ice for the kids. We have bounce houses. And um, it'll be wonderful. I also want you to know that at 1 p.m. today, over here in our fellowship hall, we will be broadcasting the memorial service for Pastor Dan Kopp. Pastor Dan Kopp was the pastor of our church here from 1987 to 2000. For 13 years, he served beautifully. And many of you know Pastor Dan and Vicki. I got to know him personally. He's a friend of mine. And his memorial service will be broadcast in our fellowship hall at 1 o'clock. And so if you get done eating and you want to be a part of that, we invite you to come to our fellowship hall. And you can view uh, the service that is in Kansas City um, uh, at the same time. So. so as we talk about Ohana today, most people who are not from Hawaii maybe have never heard the, the word Ohana before. And you learn the word Ohana by watching a Disney show called Lilo and Stitch. And so just with a raise of your hands, how many of you guys have watched Lilo and Stitch before? Oh, many of you. So you already know that the word Ohana means? Family. And family means? Right, you guys are good. Many of you have Disney Plus, I can tell. <laughs> and um, while I want you to know that that sentiment of no one gets left behind is, is a good sentiment, it doesn't really uh, mean what Ohana is all about. So today, I want to take this opportunity to share with you what the word Ohana truly means and where it comes from. And, um, and so I want to begin by just showing you this picture right here. This is a taro plant. And the word ohana really comes from this taro plant. In, in many of you guys might, who have been to a luau before have, have tasted poi. And that's the staple that the Hawaiian people ate. Um, it is right in the center on the core of their culture. And the people, the Hawaiian people... They, they view the taro plant as being sacred. That's, it's really a part of who they are. And the word ohana actually comes from this plant. And, and I want to explain to you how, how that works. Um, you see the little tiny portion down at the bottom where uh, the little brand new shoot that's, that's, shot, uh, that's budding up? That's called the oha on the plant. And, uh, and it's the first part of the word ohana, oha, and uh, it's, the, it's the little, the brand new bud that shows up on a healthy taro plant. And the way you propagate taro is that when the oha comes up, the new shoot, the Hawaiians would cut that portion out and replant that. And that's how you, you grow the, the, the taro garden. Okay? And so, uh, the word oha means the new shoot or the growth. Now, ana, right? Ana is the other part of ohana. And that is the Hawaiian word that references the regeneration. So, you get the word oha 
and ana, and you put it together, and you get the word ohana. And the word ohana, from what we can gather and put all together, it's family, right? Ohana means family. But in the context of it, it's the sacred regeneration of new life, right? And that's what, that's what ohana means. So it's not necessarily no one gets left behind, right? It's, it's looking at the taro plant and, uh, and finding the etymology, the, the, the meaning of where this word comes from. And I, wanna, I want you to go back to the, the picture of the taro plant and, and look at how this new life, this oha, comes to be. The way this oha comes to be is down at the bottom is the roots, the hulu hulu. And the hula hula gets planted deep in the ground and it gathers all the nutrients from the ground that gives life to the plant. And when the plant grows, the broad leaf that shows up is the luau, the luau leaves. And it gathers the sunlight and from the hula hula and the luau, that all comes together and gives new life and that's where the oha comes from. And this is the way God created this beautiful plant. But when you think about the word ohana, it's the same way, almost the same way that God puts life together that brings new life. No, we can't do it by ourselves. And in the same way, the hulu hulu works in conjunction with the luau to bring the oha. Ohana, family, your family and my family. It requires different people coming together to, 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 to bring new life. And God gave us a beautiful plan for Ohana. And this plan that God has given to us came right at the onset and the start of creation. So when we, if you have your Bibles and you'd like to follow along with me, I invite you to turn to Genesis chapter 2, and we're going to read from 20 to 21 to 24. Again, I'm going to read from the, uh, the Pigeon Bible. It's called the good and special book, the Hawaiian Pigeon Bible. But uh, you can read along in your NIV or your King James or whatever you want to do. But this plan that God had for Ohana has come to us from the very onset of creation, from the very beginning of time. God gave us his plan for how the family was to come, up, come and work. And God created Adam and he created Eve, and this is what took place. Genesis chapter 2. Then God, make the guy, lie down and pass out for sleep. And when the guy stays sleeping, God take one rib out of his side and then close the place up with skin. Then God make one wahini out of the rib. And he bring her by the guy, and the guy tell, Now this one, she the wahini for me. Her bones come from my bones, her skin from my skin. This one, I'm going to give her the name wahini, because God take her out of me. That's how come the guy going to leave his father and mother and come tight with his wife. And the guy and the wahini, they're going to come one. The word of the Lord. Your response should be, thanks be to God, by the way. <laughs> Adam and Eve were the first two people that God created. And after God created Adam and then Eve, 
he gave us this amazing plan where the guy going to leave his father and mother and come tight with his wife. But at that point, there wasn't any father or mother. And so God gave us his plan for Ohana long before there was Ohana. You know what I'm saying? You understand? You begin to see God in his, his divine wisdom showing us the plan that he intended for our Ohana. And he puts it all right there for us. And I'd like to take an even closer look then now at God's plan for Ohana and how he really wanted Ohana to work for everyone. I'm going to focus in on a single word. And that word is one. I'm going to read for you that last verse. And hear again and look for the word one. The guy going to leave his father and mother and come tight with his wife. And the guy and the wahini, they going to come one. You see, church, what I want you to know today is God's plan for Ohana is for our Ohana to be united, to be one, not divided and separated, but to be united, to be one. And that was God's plan for Ohana from the very beginning. Because unity in the Ohana is what blesses the Ohana. I would dare say every single person in here wants unity in their Ohana. But unfortunately, not everybody experiences that kind of unity that you want so desperately to have. I want so desperately to have. But I want you to know that that is God's plan for your ohana and for mine. That we are unified. You know why? Because when there is unity in our ohana, you know all the good things from uh, the, the fruits of the Spirit, those of you, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 to 24. All those, they are apparent and alive in uh, Ohana that is united. There's love and joy and peace. There's patience and kindness and goodness. There's gentleness and faithfulness and self-control. All of it is there, alive and well and very apparent, actively working in and ohana that's united. We don't have to try to, to, to make it happen. In, in ohanas that are united, they're all there, and, and, and they're there in abundance. And in, in ohana is God's plan, and that is for us to have peace. And we all want that for ohana. Nobody, nobody likes an ohana that's broken, Nobody likes dysfunction in their ohana. I don't. Because unity, oneness in ohana is what gives us the peace that God wants us to all have. And, and think about this with me. If your ohana is enjoying God's plan, the peace that God desired for you to have, and my ohana is experiencing that. And we live close together. right? And every, the people in our neighborhood, 
Everybody's ohana is living in God's plan and they're experiencing the unity of their ohana. Then not only is my ohana, you know, enjoying the unity, but the neighborhood that I live in, if we all come together, then, then we're all living in peace. And, and if the neighborhood that I live in and the neighborhood next door all live out God's plan for peace in our ohana, then we get a couple neighborhoods all joined together. And before you know it, the whole community is experiencing God's peace. And you build that community out, maybe, maybe our city can experience God's peace. And you just take it out again and further and further, our state, our nation. And when you start to talk about world peace, which is so far out there, you know what it all comes back to? Peace in each of our ohana. Can you imagine if the plan of God is at work in people's lives all over the world, right? And we're talking everywhere. We all talk about world peace and desiring that. You know what that comes back to? Our ohana. Your ohana and mine. Experiencing God's plan for peace. Oneness. Unity in our ohana. And so today, church, what I want to do is I want to talk about, you know, the, the, the challenges that face the unity that you and I so desperately desire for our ohana. Because just as God created ohana to have his peace in it, from the very beginning when he shared his plan, you know what else happened at the very beginning? The adversary. The devil rose up. And from the very beginning of creation, from the beginning of time, open your Bible to the very beginning, and you will find that there has been someone there that has trying to, is trying to divide and break up the ohana. And that's why we're all in the mess that we are right now. I'm so sorry. I'm all talking in pigeon already. <laughs> I'm preaching so that only some of you guys can understand. But when you look in the Bible, in Genesis chapter 3, so we just read from Genesis 2, turn the page over. From the very start, the devil has been trying to divide the ohana. And, and many of you know the story. God put Adam and Eve in the garden and he gave them specific instructions not to eat from, from the, the, the tree in the center in the middle of the garden. And, and God said, don't even touch it or you will die. And then the devil came in the form of a serpent. And then this is what he told Eve. He said, the, the, uh, the snake tell, no way! You guys not going to mock it. That means to die. You guys not going to mock it from that. God only say that. God only tell that. Because he know the time you guys go eat the fruit from that tree, your eyes going to come open and you going to understand stuff. You guys going to come just like God. You going to understand what's good and what's bad. So that the, so the wahini when look at the tree and think, the tree look good for get food. And she went think, if I take some of the fruit and eat them, I'm going to come smart and I can understand any kind. Then she went take the fruit and eat them. And she gave them to her husband too. And he 
eat them with her. And listen to this. Right then and there, their eyes would come open. For the first time, they knew that they stay naked. So they went get some fig leaves and sew them together for cover up themselves. From the very beginning, the devil was there trying to divide and, and break things apart. Trying to, to create disunity from God and from one another. And when he succeeded, there was consequences for Adam and Eve. And I don't have time to read you all that, but read your Bible. You know that, that the unity that God desired, the oneness, was broken right here. Right here. Right then and there. The devil lied to Adam and Eve, and from the very beginning of time, the devil's plan was just to divide the ohana. And when your ohana is divided, you know all the fruits of the Spirit that we just went through, that love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness. When your ohana is divided, no more. When your ohana is not together, it's hard to find the love and the joy, and the peace, and the patience. And that's why unity in the Ohana, God's plan, is so important for us. And then, Jesus came. And when Jesus came, you know what he did? He made everything so plain and clear for us to see. If you have your Bibles... Turn to John chapter 10, verse 10. This is my favorite verse in the Jesus, the Pigeon Bible. John 10, 10. In John 10, 10, Jesus comes and, and he kind of just tells you the story. again. He restates everything. John 10, 10 says this. The stealer guy, he only come for steal, kill, and bust up the place. <laughs> Jesus said that. <laughs> and then Jesus said, but I went come so the people can come alive inside and live to the max. Thank you, Chandra. Amen. <laughs> oh, look at that verse. Jesus came so that we can come alive inside and live to the max. Who wants to live to the max? I do. <laughs> wow. You know, growing up in Hawaii, that's exactly how we spoke. This, this pigeon Bible is, is for real. Because I understand that. And what the devil, what Jesus told us, he just said everything that we read about in Genesis. The devil only wants to come and steal your joy, kill the unity in your ohana, and bust you guys up. But Jesus said he would come for help us live to the max, right? To come alive inside and live to the max. He wants that for you and for your ohana. I don't want my, my ohana to lose its joy. I don't want my ohana to lose its unity. That's so important. None of us, none of us want that. What we want is for Jesus to be a part of who we are, to be in the center of our ohana so we can all come alive inside 
and live to the max. And the only way that I have found that that can happen is for Jesus to be in the center of your life and in the center of your ohana. If he's not in the center of your life and he's not the center of your ohana, then you're probably living in an ohana that's a little bit basap. So can I make a recommendation today? Can I ask us if we're going to live out God's plan for the ohana, that we fight for the unity of our ohana? I mean, fight for it. Desire it and work with everything that you have to keep your ohana united. Because then you're going to experience all the fruits of the Spirit that come with your ohana. If you don't fight for it, you're going to lose it. Because the devil is going to do everything for steal, kill, and bust up your ohana. So I want to share with you some things that I think can help your ohana keep Jesus in the center. The first thing is what you're doing already today. Worship with your ohana. Worship God with your ohana. And you know why that's so important? Because in our world today, our eyes are focused in so many different places. Most of the time, right here, on me. And so, what's important to me, I see. And I want to make sure that everything that's important to me, I do. But when we lose sight of looking up and seeing God and worshiping Him, and you know what the best part is? When we do it together, all our eyes are on Jesus then we're not looking at me anymore. Then we're looking at God. And as an ohana, we are united in where our focus is. See, too often my focus is on me. And if you're honest, maybe that's your problem too. And if your eyes are on only you, then you can only see right here. And we cannot worship together. Because I'm only worshiping me when I'm looking down like this. Lift up your countenance and as an ohana, worship together. You know what I have seen over and over and over again? Our ohana gets divided, gets split up, and then people, they go, they're divided. We're not united. <laughs> and, and, and when that happens, we don't worship together anymore. And so hear the word of the Lord. From Hebrews chapter 10, 25. No stop meeting together. No stop coming together for worship. Just like some other, some other people that no, no, no come no more. More better this. Give each other good kind words. And do them even more plenty. Because you know that Jesus is going to come back pretty soon. In the, NIV, in the NIV, it says, let us not stop meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. But let us encourage one another all the more until, you, until the day of Christ Jesus. <sighs> if, I could, if, I could, if I could just ask, if I could encourage, and that's what it tells us to do, if I could implore Ohana to do one thing, it is to worship together. To take our eyes off of ourselves and place it where we all do something together that glorifies God. 
That is how we keep Jesus in the center of our ohana. Worshiping together brings the ohana into God's presence together. And there's something special when our ohana worships together because God shows up in it. Second thing you can do as in ohana, pray together and pray with each other and pray for each other. When we're not together, we cannot pray together. We can't pray with one another, which is just as important as praying for one another because you're there. You hear the person praying for you and for me. I've got to tell you a story, and this is uh, me being your pastor, just opening up the curtains to my life so you can get a glimpse of who I am a little bit more. I, I know a lot of you, I don't know every single one of you, I've got not a chance to, to do that. But I want you to know me, because I'm your pastor. And so here's a little glimpse of my life, and uh, my life with my wife, Rochelle. Many years ago when we were just dating, we were students at Point Loma, uh, we were talking about something. I know I was having a hard time. I had a hard time a lot of the time there. <laughs> And Rochelle said to me, Gordon, it's going to be okay. She said this, my parents are praying for you. And we were dating at the time. And so my first thought was like, what, what are they praying? Dear Lord, keep his hands off of her. You know, <laughs> that's the, the prayer of a father, right? And she said, no, 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 no. She said, ever since I was a child, my parents would pray for me and my brothers but they would also pray for the people we would marry. I'm like, really? Ever since you were a child? She goes, yeah. And so now that we're dating, you're it. <laughs> and then she said, and then when they got done praying together with the kids, mom and dad would pray with one another. And I thought that was so beautiful. So I said to Rochelle, what do you think? Can, can we do that? She goes, yeah, let's pray. Now, this is in 1991. Many of you weren't even born yet on this side. Don, were you born yet? <laughs> so there were no cell phones back then, right? Everything was landline. And we lived in separate dorms. But we made a commitment to pray with each other every single day. So at the end of the day, before we went to bed, I was in class and hall, and Rochelle, you were in Nice. We would pick up our phone and call each other. And while on the phone, we'd be praying. Sometimes late at night after we got done studying or whatever. Or if we studied together at Denny's, I'd drop her off at her dorm and we'd pray together. Every night while we were dating. We dated for a year. And then we got engaged. And we were engaged for a year. And last June, we celebrated our 28th anniversary. <laughs> Thank you. But what's more important than that, that I want you to hear, is this. That it has been a commitment for Rochelle and I to pray daily together with one another, with our children, as much as we can. And when I stop to think about that, I realize that I have 28 years of prayer invested in Rochelle. And I'm sorry. 
30 years of prayer invested in Rochelle. And she has 30 years of prayer. And you guys wonder why I'm such a great guy? <laughs> 30 years of praying. I tell you, it has made a huge impact on the unity of our ohana. And it's not just praying for people. It's praying with them while they're there. And I'll, give you, I'll let you into another intimate part of our life. Every Saturday night, Rochelle prays over me for as long as I've been a pastor. And she prays, Lord, speak through Gordon. May your Holy Spirit work in him. Bless the church. Help them to hear. I covet that prayer. I covet it. And as parents, for those of you who are parents in here, can I just tell you that this prayer life of ours began because Rochelle's parents modeled it to her. And then it's passed on to us. And I pray that it gets passed on to the next generation. And a legacy of prayer would have been started because you decided that I want my Ohana to experience the unity of God. And we're going to do this every single day. And it brings you joy because when you see God at work in your Ohana, oh man, what could be better? If you're not experiencing the unity that God desires for your Ohana to have, can I just say, worship God and pray together as an Ohana. Do it. And then the third thing is to unite your ohana with God's ohana here. Get plugged into the life of the church. Because this is where God's ohana lives. And, and this allows for people who may not have ohana with them to experience your ohana. As a student at Point Loma, I came all by myself didn't know anyone here. And you know that guy that showed up on the screen today, David Oyadamari? He became my ohana. And, and we, he, he's family to me. And, uh, and that's why he's, he, he, he's a part of this church, you know. There's people here that need an ohana that we can provide for them. Because we're not going to keep ohana just to ourselves. This is God's ohana, and we are all a part of it. And we can spend time together in prayer. You just have to decide that that's what you want to do with people and people in God's ohana. And so, church, that's my message for you today, that God desires unity in our ohana. That's his plan. And there are some things that we can do to make unity happen. Let's fight for it. Amen? Man, we need to keep Ohana strong. And so with that, I'd like to close in a word of prayer. I want to pray for our Ohana today. And then my wife is going to come and share a benediction with you, the doxology in English and Hawaiian. And I know Kelly's going to share that so you can hear uh, the doxology in Hawaiian. And then we're going, we're going to grind. <laughs> we're going to eat today and we're going to enjoy fellowship together. So I invite you to bow your heads with me. Father in heaven, thank you 
thank you for your plan for Ohana. Thank you, God, that more than anything about Ohana, you wanted us to be one. Because unity in our Ohana is so important. And I pray, dear Lord, that you help us to do all that we can to fight for unity and not give up. Because if we give up, then the devil is going to come and he's going to steal our joy. He's going, he going to kill the unity and he's going to try to bust up everything. And instead, you want us to have life and have it to the full. You want us to come alive inside and live to the max. So make that happen in our ohana. Move us, Lord God, not to be apathetic about our ohana, but to be passionate about the unity that you want us to have. So unify us in Jesus' name. Unify this place. Unify your ohana, dear Lord, this church, for your glory. Help us to grow in the fruits of the Spirit every single day. And Lord, help us to come alive inside so we can live to the max for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.